you had a job with this company that you liked working for. We had really high employee NPS at, at Rackspace. So everyone liked their job. They liked coming to work. They liked what they had an opportunity to do. And you were about to come in and tell them all, your whole world's changing. And by the way, you're probably going to be in a basement on plastic folding tables for a little while until we've got enough money um, from the, the business to be able to buy you nice chairs again. Now, the voice you just heard was from business owner and entrepreneur, Brett Pyatt. Now, Brett is the first interview in our new series of interviews called The Founders Series, which is focused on the nuances of either the birth or the sale of a company and the dynamics of dealing with that change. Now, this series will run through the fall of 2020 and will be sprinkled in and around some of our other episodes. Well, now back to Brett. Brett and his business partner own a company called Jungle Disc, which focuses on services for small businesses to help them with backup and recovery of their desktops and servers, as well as a whole host of security services. Now, before I give too much away, let's jump into this week's episode of Cloud Talk. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Deverter. Now, something that really interests me is how companies deal with change and how that can be seen as either a threat or an opportunity. Now, the change can either be external pressures or just a shift in direction that a company might make or may choose to make. But it's up to individuals to make the most of that new reality. Now, I'm joined today by a longtime friend and work associate named Brett Pyatt, who is the CEO of a company in San Antonio called Jungle Disk. Brett, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me on today, Jeff. Oh, glad uh, glad you're here. Now, uh, we go way back, uh, as far back as uh, you know, a lot of my experience at Rackspace. Yeah, our kids were little then. Our kids were very little then. A um, couple of my kids work up. at Rackspace now. This is how long it's been, Jeff. Oh, my gosh, that's incredible. Now, uh, now, when when did you actually join Rackspace? Uh, 2007, about a year before the first IPO. And you guys are headed <laughs> maybe towards the second one right now. You probably well, can't talk about that, so you never know. Uh, I'd say you can read whatever's in the news, and that's about yes. what I know. Well, uh, so you've uh, and I have done a lot together. I talked about that just a, a little bit ago. In uh, you know, we worked together. Uh, go buy a SharePoint company at one point. We uh, we worked together in the cloud office team. Uh, had a lot of fun in those days. For sure, yeah. No, I mean, uh, love uh, taking care of uh, small business customers. Um, the cloud office world was a lot of fun. Uh, I loved what we were able to uh, set up with your SharePoint team to go uh, help some of the largest companies in the world uh, build out and roll out workflows all around SharePoint. We did some really cool stuff there. Now now you're with Jungle Disk. Um, really quick, for those who don't know it, tell us about Jungle Disk. What is it? So Jungle Disk is a software as a service data protection and cybersecurity company uh, designed to help a two to 250 employee small businesses protect themselves from accidents and attacks on the internet. Uh, wow. Does the world ever need that? Now, yes. before we get too far down the road in, in some of these details, and our topic today, of course, is about how companies deal with change, how tech companies specifically, because that's, of course, what you're leading, deal with change, and how someone can either see that, again, as a threat or an opportunity. Now, if we go back to our time at Racks, where uh, where they decided to shut down or to, to spin off uh, the Jungle Disk uh, business unit, um, tell me, you know, kind of what, what was your involvement with the team at the time and, and uh, you know, what were you doing for us at, at that point? Yeah, so I, I uh, spent my time at, at Jungle, at 
at Rackspace uh, in our corporate strategy group for um, a good amount of it. And so there was a decision as Rackspace saw the change uh, from the hosting industry to the cloud computing industry uh, where they uh, decided uh, and saw that larger uh, enterprise customers were going to be the ones really driving uh, into infrastructure and platform services on the big clouds. Uh, and so Jungle Disk and some other small business focused product offerings didn't really fit in where the company was going into its next generation. Uh, so yeah, they decided to uh, hire Credit Suisse, an investment bank, and go market Jungle Disk and uh, Cloud Sites business and a, a few other small business focused companies uh, that were operating as product lines inside of Rackspace. So a th kind of thing that companies do from, you know, almost every day uh, around the world. But really struck me as interesting was, was you, you know, you, while you're leading that effort to, to spin these, this company out, you, you, you at some point raise your hand and say, well, I'd like to play, please. Tell, what was going through your head? Yeah. I mean, so this is one I've always personally enjoyed the small business market segment. Uh, and I really liked the, the team uh, that was running the Jungle Disk business. So uh, in as we were going through this whole thing, um, I sent a letter into the board of directors asking if they would allow a, a management buyout offer on the, the jungle disk business. Uh, that the board came back and said, uh, yes, they'll consider one. Uh, so I uh, got a, a team together of uh, San Antonio family offices. Uh, we formed a, a holding company. Uh, in 2015 and put a, a bid in for the jungle this business, which was uh, ultimately accepted. Uh, and then uh, we finished uh, spinning that line of business out in early 2016. Incredible. Now, what was Jungle Disk doing specifically at the time? Because it's changed and we'll talk about that shortly. But it, but what was what was its core business and who was its customers? Yeah. And, and I mean, it's still the, the core business uh, from then is the same as it is today. So it was data protection for small business customers, secure storage and backup online, uh, designed around uh, keeping that separate safe second copy of your data um, and allowing you to uh, protect yourself from those accidents that will happen. You'll get a file that'll get corrupted. You'll have um, an employee get their computer hacked and, and data will get deleted off of your quote file server, those things. Uh, and the business protects everyone from that. Uh, yeah, as we you're kind of hinting at, as we spun out in 2016, we started getting a bunch of phone calls from uh, customers uh, asking us what the heck was a Bitcoin. And I was like, why are you asking me that question? And it turns out uh, we were starting to see ransomware spread wildly across the uh, small business market. And while a computer backup is a way to deal with ransomware. I don't think it's the right way to deal with ransomware. Um, I mean, it's the equivalent of uh, letting someone break into your house and steal your TV and your jewelry and everything out of your jewelry box and calling your homeowner's insurance and filing a claim. Like no one wants their TV stolen. No one wants their family jewelry stolen. No one wants to restore from a backup. Like you do right. it when you need to. You absolutely have to. But it's like that your house, you put an alarm on it. So you, you have an active system on a house to protect from attacks. You do this, you need to do the same thing on the, the computer side of stuff. And what we were seeing in 2016 is many of these small businesses had a uh, kind of basic router that they went and picked up at a, a big box store and they'd kind of plug that into their internet connection or they had just whatever came with their, their kind of DSL style internet connection. Uh, and it wasn't really providing them the security that they needed to protect themselves from those attacks. 
Got it. Now, before we get too far down the road about about how the business has grown, um, let's go back to that point when we're pulling Jungle Disk outside of its corporate overlord ownership at Rackspace. And you know, most companies when they get sold out, they're just they're going to another entity. But at least in this case, there was a there was the common Brett to go along with them and, and to lead them. But you know, tell me about the process of 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 the communication to the teams and and you know what were some of their I assume a lot of the the common things they were concerned with. But how'd you deal with that? How'd you cast the vision? I want to know how you led through that time. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a good one on leading through change because you're introducing a huge change to people. You're going to yeah. walk into a room and you're going to tell them you had a job with this company that you liked working for. We had really high employee NPS at, at Rackspace. So everyone liked their job. They liked coming to work. They liked what they had an opportunity to do. And you were about to come in and tell them all, your whole world's changing. And by the way, you're probably going to be in a basement on plastic folding tables for a little while until we've got enough money um, from the, the business to be able to buy you nice chairs again. So... Yeah, and on this one, uh, the Jungle Disk uh, organization reported to me along with a, a bunch of other stuff at this point in time. So I knew the Jungle Disk team in passing. I do a lot of management by walking around. Um, so I'd had casual conversations with them. A couple of the folks in the team I knew pretty well, uh, but most of the, the team I knew in passing. So uh, this is as a leader, when you get to find out, um, were people nice to you because you were their boss's boss's boss? Or were they nice to you because they actually thought you were a reasonable person? Uh, so we we called each individual uh, into a room one at a time and told them that uh, we have are spinning out the jungleless business. Um, that um, me, and along with Hugh Edwards, my business partner, and he worked with a lot of the folks in that team at one point when he was at Rackspace and a few years back. So, so Hugh and I are buying the, the business and we're offering you a job, um, the same pay, the same benefits. So you're not going to make any more money coming to work for us at Jungle Disk. Um, or uh, we've got commitment from Rackspace that there'll be another job for you inside of Rackspace and we'll um, lead you through that that transition there. And you can, you can join a different team at Rackspace uh, and continue on same pay, same benefits, all those things again. So it really was the the, the red pill or the green pill. You've got an, an even choice. They were they um, were pretty. There was a very safe choice for them uh, in in what they got to do. Yeah, and and so yeah, I mean, this is where um, I was really humbled to find out, and um, I, Hugh Hugh was as well that the uh, basically the whole team um, decided to to come with us and join the business. That's incredible. That, I mean, that that's a huge testimony to not only their commitment to the offering, but their commitment to you and you and their trust. Yeah. yeah. And some of that, I mean, as, as we're in there, you start getting all the questions and they want a vision. So you've got to be able to paint a picture of here's where we are today. And then here's how uh, we're going to go on this journey together to a better place. Uh, so how do you, I mean, so, the, so, the, so the, pause, hold so on pause though. Okay. okay. I'm excited to understand that. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, this is the Graham Weston quote, which isn't really a Graham Weston quote. It's a Fred Reicheld quote, but it wouldn't have been written down if it wasn't for Graham. So there's banners on it around your, your castle, the Rackspace headquarters that say, everyone wants to be a valued member of a winning team on an inspiring mission. Mm-hmm. So um, the, I break that down in three parts. So first, the, the people have to care about the mission. And everyone on the Jungle List team really cared about the product. They cared about the customers that they were serving. That mission was valuable to them. And they, they cared about that. And then um, we laid out how we were going to be able to win. Uh, we were, as a standalone company and with our new investor group and the way we were looking at the business, we were going to be able to 
double the number of people. So we took the business from from uh, 12 folks up to 24 people um, in the first 90 days after we we spun it out. Uh, and then everyone wants to be a, a valued member of the team. So it's Yale asked the question, well, how am I going to contribute to this mission? And if you can lay out to them how their uh, skills and knowledge are essential to the team and the team's success, and you're going to staff the team with the right amount of resources, and you're going to point them in a direction that they want to go, uh, then you you get to lead people through change. This Everyone generally, I think they, they wake up in the morning and they look themselves in the mirror as they're getting dressed, brushing their teeth or what all those things are going on. And they, they, they go, I want to go to work and have an opportunity to do good today. I mean, I don't know very many people that, sh- that that look themselves in the mirror in the morning when it's just them there and they go, I want to go to work and fail today. I want to go to work and do a, a remarkably average job. I want to go to work today and you know what? Just be apathetic. Most people- How, how can I do the least amount today? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, that's not most folks out there. Because uh, if, if you are in that job where you're going, how can I just show up and do the least today? Go look for something else. Life is too short to sit around and not- be able to feel good about yourself when you look in the mirror in the morning and good about the work and the opportunity you're going to have to do. Exactly. You might as well be in the basement with the, uh, with the red stapler. Uh, so incredible. So when you think it's, first of all, you know, kudos that the team followed you along and then amazing that the team doubled within 90 days. Um, and I would imagine from the viewpoint of those that followed you from Rackspace that that was, you know, they made the choice, but there was probably a fair amount of, there might've been some butterflies. Let's just say there was butterflies. Oh, uh, I mean, when they start sure. seeing the office start to fill up with new faces and the momentum, momentum really covers a lot of, oh, a lot of sense. man. When, when we, when we upgraded from the uh, $12 plastic folding chairs that we picked up at Walmart to the eighty nine ninety nine um put in a box office chairs from office Depot, that was a big day. That was a, that they, they knew that, that we were really committed to making this a real business. And we were still on plastic folding tables for a while, but uh, yeah. we, we went at least from a, uh, the $12 folding chairs up to the the uh, office chairs. You know, it's incredible when you're in a large organization, you find a lot of things to gripe about. They don't have the kind of soda in the machine that I want. The coffee's not hot enough. But boy, you get really uh, a little bit of humility shows up when you get to get off the plastic folding chair. Yeah. And our, and our, our office that we were moving into wasn't ready in January. It wasn't ready until the middle of April. Um, so where did you so- office? Where did everybody go? We were well. Oh, we had a temporary space in the basement of the building while they were doing construction for us up on the second floor. Oh, um, nice. So we were we were in an almost windowless box. It used to be um, the uh, the treasury management room at Frost Bank where they would count cash. So there was um, a reinforced door and a window on a little window on one side with a wire in it. On the other side, there was a a barred locked area where they could pass the cash back and forth through there. So this really was a um, like dual door, dual compartmentalized, secure box in a, in a basement. Incredible. And they still stuck with you. And people yeah. signed on for that job, uh, yeah. knowing that they're going to go sit in the basement behind lock, lock bars. Yeah. Yeah. We, we interviewed people um, and we took them down and gave them a tour of our office and said, like, this is where you're going to come work. Um, and Just and not that on was day it. one. Just not on day one. Yeah. All right. Now you've already alluded to this, but but uh, but Bitcoin became a uh, a catalyst to some growth inside of your business, and it certainly ca- started to cause your phone to ring. So your phone rings, and somebody says, "What's a Bitcoin, and why do I care?" 
um, you've already sort of painted the picture of, <laughs> you know, why a backup, while valid, is not something you ever really want to have to use uh, for any situation. So, so let's pick it up there. Where where did you start to take the business? You saw an opportunity. What did you do? Yeah, so we started building out uh, what's now our, our cybersecurity suite to add the protections from the attacks that. Uh, people were seeing. And initially back in 2016, like I said, there was a lot of this stuff at the the network uh, where they just didn't really have the the right devices in place. A lot of, most of our customers are less than 10 employees. Um, mm. So we had, we had put together a, uh, uh, an offering to give them a secure network edge that was f- starting at 49 bucks a month. And wow. it allowed them to, to go kind of locked down and secure from the attacks that we were seeing come in uh, over that network edge at this point in time. Uh, we've was that, evolved a, was that a managed this, device? Yeah. Fully managed service drop in their office. Um, the attacks have increased in sophistication over the last few years. So, um, the the entry level on that one now is sadly 189 bucks a month. Um, mm. It's uh, yeah, it's just one the attackers keep ramping up the game. We've um, needed to put uh, more capabilities and more R and D in there to to defend against it. Um, hopefully, over time that price point comes back down again. Um, but that it kind of is is where it is on the the network side of things these days. And then on the we we also started seeing, uh, and this is I think still the case today, uh, many small businesses. People are using the same password for their business accounts that they're using for their personal accounts, yeah. um, and people are using um, the the same computer, especially now during these times of COVID, to kind of mix work and business. So you'll get a browser hijack or something will happen there, and the attackers will grab a password. Then they'll cascade that one across all of your accounts. So getting people into where they're using a password manager, they're super easy to use these days. Um, it's, it's actually easier than even remembering the one password, like literally lets you click and automatically populate stuff. It saves you time. It's one of the few security tools that actually makes you more productive and safer at the same time. Mostly security just slows you down and makes you safer, but password manager can make you more productive and safer. Yeah, that's been, certainly been my experience, uh, but uh, 100% on the password manager. That's just a uh, makes life a lot easier. Okay, so you've now augmented the service now from just uh, having a backup and uh, having a disaster recovery copy of, of data. Now you're able to help secure that edge. Um, but it does that the password manager doesn't necessarily solve for um, the human intervention. So the the challenge that you have when somebody gets an email and says the Nigerian prince, or you know that 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 doesn't work anymore. But you know, no. click here to uh, to 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 see now here's one that i've gotten recently a lot of and that was hey we've recently shipped your your order for 957 you know dollars uh, that you ordered on amazon click here to see the invoice to make sure that it's yours That's oh yeah one. yeah oh man at that one they don't even have to be smart at this point i was reading a stat the other day that says 82 percent of u.s households have amazon prime now so you could pretty much just guess that uh you can send that out to anyone in the U.S. and four out of five times you're going to be right. But they're much, yeah, they're much more sophisticated than that even um, because like you've got a, a Twitter profile probably, Jeff, and I can go there's, look there's on your your Twitter profile and I could see uh, through there where does Jeff go, what kind of things does he eat. And I, I might go, let's just say that you've got a favorite restaurant and you're taking pictures at. 
I could then send a, a message to you into your inbox and say, hey, would you like a coupon for $20 off this Thursday at your favorite restaurant for a to-go order? So they're getting yes, that sophisticated now. Yeah, because they, they can run uh, – attackers can run uh, image recognition stuff through. They don't have to have somebody even manually doing these things anymore. So a lot of the, the cool AI tools and all these things that we're, we're playing with um, on the, the, the good guy side of stuff, bad guys have access to the same tools. Wow, that's incredible! All right, so how how did how do you have an offering around that? What do you do to help help companies? Yeah, we've uh, put together a security awareness training package as well. It's online delivered curriculum with then uh, real time phishing because I don't believe in Wait, like uh, real time phishing. Some, yeah, I don't believe in in just selling you some some training um, and then hopefully your employees watch it and maybe all that stuff works. Uh, if you won't let me actually prove that the training's helping make you safer, then I don't want to actually go out there and sell it to you. So like, we try to do stuff that's not just feel-good purchases. Like We actually want to deliver that value and really solve these problems for our customers. That's incredible. But it, it, you know, it speaks back to our topic, and that is leading through change. And so your, your organization on a mission that you coax these folks out of Rackspace with, 100% of them, uh, that you doubled the team in the first 90 days on a specific mission. And now your mission hasn't changed, but it's certainly grown. Uh, you know, tell me about how you're, how you're leading your people through that change. Yeah, I mean, so this is uh, it, it's been a, a wild ride the um, the last few years. I mean, just lots of stuff going on um, out there in the market and the world, um, changing all around us, um, and not just here in 2020 with COVID, but but before this, there have just been yeah. um, pretty big changes uh, across the way computing is being delivered, the way businesses are um, consuming uh, services, and and so we've. Luckily, we're out ahead of um, a lot of these changes. Mm. So uh, we sell all of our software as a software as a service subscription over the internet. You can pay us with a credit card. Uh, the way that um, many businesses are trying to figure out how to shift their business model um, to that point now. Um, I think one of the the areas that, that we've I think also all seen over the last few years is. The way that tech companies would market to customers changing dramatically. Um, Google search used to be amazing. Uh, there used to be a lot of search engine optimization and content you could do and all these different things now. The whole world is overwhelmed with all of this stuff. I mean, at yeah. one point for a couple of years, like when because we spun out in a brand new thing, we had to go build all of our own content. Uh, every one of our employees was responsible for putting out a piece of content. Uh, so we had everyone really? that was on a rotation and we were all blogging. So it would just it basically turned out there were a little bit more than 20 of us. So um, everyone was basically responsible for one blog post a month. Um, not bad. Yeah. Not not yeah, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, these are some of the things you have to think about and have to solve for when you were a division inside of a large organization who had all sorts of people to do that oh, stuff. Yes. Social media, marketing all team, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. We got to go do it all ourselves. So that was, I mean, some of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, we had to go build out a full leadership team and things. We never had a, like, Jungle Disk was a small line of business. So it didn't have its own dedicated finance department. It had a, a partial slice of, of one finance person and one accounting person in a, a Rackspace's consolidated department. So, um, yeah, this is another one that's fun because we've got tens of thousands of customers. And how do you, you go execute and do all of this while improving the service for these folks? Because if they sense any weakness as you're going through this, if you're making things worse for them at all, there's 
a million options out there for them to go choose. Um, and I think one of the the areas I'm most proud of over our, our four years, uh, we measured our, our net promoter score in that first quarter after spin out. Um, yeah. It was a four. I'm not very proud of that. Okay. Um, but it's where it's we were not familiar. at. A, a, an NPS score goes from, from zero to 10. So, Oh no, no. Zero to a hundred, Jeff. You get to vote zero to 10. Zero to f- oh, our, so your actual, our score actual. was a four. Yeah. So that's okay. a, prom- yeah, so you're that's saying your, you had opportunity. Yeah. So that's promoters minus detractors with kind of the passive folks in the middle. A four is not a good score for those listening. Score can go all the way to minus 100. Anyone that's usually low in those negatives is out of business pretty quickly. Even a four is not a great score. Um, We're up to a a 44 now as of the first quarter of this year, which is an amazing score uh, for software as a service and the expectations, uh, especially well. Everyone was going through a struggling time of change. They're reaching out and contacting all their software vendors um, and and technology partners because they're having to make big changes at how their company is operating. Um, and we've got an amazing team that's available, that's there, that uh, helps our customers through those changes. And with that, then we get uh, rewarded um, by their um, thanks and loyalty. Exactly. So you know, you you pivot us in an interesting direction. I've been asking all these questions about how you've led your your employees, but now you know you bring up the point of how you've got to lead your customers. So of course, the first way is who are they and how are they feeling? NPS a four. Yeah. You know how they're feeling, and so um, let's let's talk a couple of uh, different pieces there. Tell me about how you were leading, how how you dealt with that four specifically um, with the customers. How do you communicate with your customers? Obviously, you're going to build a great team, but what are you doing? in and around managing your customer. Yeah, so there's there's two aspects for this. So the Jungle This Business was almost a decade old when we we bought it. So it was um, originally launched in Atlanta, Georgia in 2006. Rackspace bought the business in 2008. Um, and then by the time we bought it, it was 2016. So it was almost a, really a decade old. Um, and yeah. I think they took their first customers on in, in early 2007, but they it's a software product, so they had to start building that before they could go sell it. And... And so over that that history of the business, um, there were some customers, what we found out, that really shouldn't be our customer anymore. The world was a different place mm. 10 years later than it was 10 years ago. So some of this is around helping people that shouldn't be your customer anymore go find the product that they should be using in the new different world. Um, so because you Very can't smart. build so focus. Yeah, you, focus is important. Yeah, focus. Yeah, you can't build a, a product suite for every single use case for every single user, unless you're going to build and every single type of person, unless you're going to build a massive software team, and then you're going to have the ability to go hide features in different. And because the product for um, a 74 year old grandmother that wants to back up um, her personal income tax documents and other important records she has for herself, dramatically Mm -hmm. different than the computer backup product that an IT department for a 50,000 employee company would want to use to back up the 300 servers in their data center. Yeah, that one, totally. that IT department one is going to need a lot of fancy bells and whistles. It's going to look like a Formula One car to grandma. So if you're building, if you're one company and you're serving grandma and that that big IT department team, you really have two different products or you've got the ability to really selectively hide features. So we didn't want to go try to boil the ocean and 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 serve everybody. Uh, so we focused in on the two to 250 employee small business. We told a lot of sole proprietors because uh, there's, I don't know, 15 to 20 million sole proprietors in the U.S. that are never going to hire an employee. 
they're better yeah. off buying a consumer product. The reason to go okay. to a small business product is when now you as the business owner, you're going to have an employee and you're going to want to manage that employee and their system access the same way you manage them and their tasks and duties. And if you've, you have two people separately on consumer products, you don't really have that admin user that can control and manage things. So we focused mm -hmm. on the two to 250 employee small business. Those 50,000 sole proprietors that decide to hire their first em employee in a given month, that's when they should go from a consumer solution to something like jungle disk. And then same thing on like the, the upper side end of it. Um, there's at some complexity level, you're going to want to do things that where I'm probably not going to go build those features and you should go to a com vault or someone else in the computer backup software space uh, for a more uh, system designed to be work with a large enterprise IT department of a 50,000 employee yep. company. Yeah, totally agree. So it's, it's incredible. The, the focus uh, codifying that focus, understanding who your customer is and who your customer is, and, and then pruning that up. Imagine that had a pretty dramatic impact, even initially, immediately on on that MPS score. Yeah, um, and then and then the, the other big one is, um, I mean, it is make your own company, use your own products, <laughs> because if your team has to use your own products, then if you see those little little, I'll call the paper cuts, the little yeah. like, oh, that's not quite right. If they have to deal with it, then they'll fix it. Um, and this is one where I see so many companies that they don't require their employees to use their own products. Um, yeah. And so their employees don't see those little paper cuts. And if you can smooth all of those out of the process um, and you can, you can solve them, then your customers are going to be happy just like your employees are. Uh, eat your own dog food, drink your own beer. That's what I say. Yes. Um, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask also then kind of as we start to bring this to a close, uh, what leadership has looked like for you, both for your customers as well as for your employees as, as we're now in the, the new reality of COVID. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the, the good news for us, um, we're in the business of business continuity planning and disaster recovery planning. So we uh we're observing and watching this stuff happen. Uh, and we executed our business continuity plan in early March and sent everyone to go work from home, but not transition their office to home yet. So we, we went through kind of a phased rollout. The first was, you're going to go work from home right now. We're going to observe this for a couple of weeks and see what's going on. Then at the start of April, we made the decision that you, now home is going to be your primary office. So at that point, we told folks, if you need your desk, if you need your monitor, if you need your comfortable office chair, um, mm. so you're not sitting at your kitchen table, um, let us know if you've got the ability to pick it up and take it home, if you would like us to get it shipped and delivered to you, um, if you need to actually order something new, because maybe you have a desk at home, but that doesn't have an monitor, our monitor, whatever else you want to get yeah. one. So make sure that your home working setup can be as productive as your office working setup because it's it's like one thing if you're doing email in the evening with your laptop on your kitchen table but if you're yeah. going to be there eight hours a day for your primary work location it really needs to be set up to be a primary work location so we we cut that over in early april and we've been sitting and monitoring and in texas we we had a big lull there for a while and we reopened we the state and a lot of folks asked well brett when are you sending everybody back in the office i said I'm not going to send everybody back in the office until it's clear that this is over because yeah. the, the, the yo-yo of 
move your desk and all your stuff back to the office and make that your primary work location again. That's a lot of work. So we've um, gone through and and decided still right now, even um, the office is just a, a disaster recovery site for us. So if someone's internet is down at home, they can then go work from office and they'll yeah. be, if we only have a couple of people in there, we've got plenty of distancing space. We have four conference rooms. So we could have four people in their own private sealed conference room before you even get anyone out into any of the shared spaces. Yeah. Um, and so with that, we we've set up this way and we're going to continue running like that until it's clear that we're on the, the permanent downslope of this and it's not going to be a, a yo-yo. Yep. Super smart. And you know, the line of business you're in the way you've set up your business, certainly um, able to, uh, make those sort of changes uh, on a, on a dime because that's the way you're designed, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, well, we, and- we work with we work with Rackspace. Uh, you guys help us manage uh, three different cloud providers, and that uh, all makes it uh, easy for us to make that transition. We don't have any servers inside of our office. That's um, fantastic. We, we have dual redundant internet connections at our office, um, and we actually have a third failover in the building where everyone can go up to another co-working space and they could go to a third different internet provider there. So when we were working from the office. Lots of redundancy stuff built in there, um, but all of our systems are all off distributed in different clouds across the globe. Well, welcome, welcome to the to the new modern age. Yes, uh, yeah. So, uh, how do people find you, Brett? How do they get to the 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 company website? We'll put all this on the page as well, but let's yeah. get it in the file. Well, so one thing I like about the Jungle Disk name, uh, you can spell it, you can pronounce it. So if they just go throw Jungle Disk in your favorite search engine. Even if you spell it with a C and not a K, uh, you'll still find us. So, uh, but it's junglethis.com. Fantastic. Uh, Brent, of course, have uh, enjoyed our friendship over the years and really do appreciate you uh, taking the time to visit with me today and uh, incredibly proud of of the work that you've done and, and the team you've assembled over there. So great job on that. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love what we've been able to do on the customer net promoter score side of things. And our internal employee NPS is even higher. I won't I won't share that one on the air, but it, it's it's higher than our customer NPS. So take care of your people, give them permission to take care of your customers, um, point them in the, uh, give them the resources on a mission that they care about and, and you'll be able to do good things. Incredible. Thanks so much, Brett. Really appreciate you being a part of this today. This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com. Really interesting to hear the story of Jungle Disk, a company pulled from being part of a larger enterprise to be able to flourish on its own as a standalone business. Huge kudos to Brett and to Hugh as they have led Jungle Disk through this change and through all the transformations since then. Now, we're right around the corner from our next global roundtable event in our Solve Strategy series. This will be held on August 19th of 2020, which will be moderated by Greg Williams, who is the editor-in-chief for Wired Magazine. Now, in this event, we'll be discussing technology budgets and managing shifting priorities. The event is free, but you still do need to register, so just head over to solve.rackspace.com and look for the links to the Solve Strategy Series. Now here's what we have in store for you in our next episode. 
as I was speaking to a customer last week, um, and, and you'll find there's, there's customers are very interesting in their analogies. They used the Goldilocks complex when they were talking about the three hyperscale partners. One had too much capability, one didn't have enough, and one was just right. I thought that was hilarious that they started off with one had too much capability. And, and what they were really trying to say was their level of maturity to, to, to really take advantage of it. They're just not ready. They're not there yet. And that's in our next episode of Cloud Talk.